Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about rebuilding the connection when it feels like your spouse doesn't love you because they don't know what you want. And there's a quote from Steve Arterburn that says, great relationships are built on clarity, not mind reading. <laughs> and I love that one. I really do love that one. I was like, oh, could I? Could we put that as a bumper sticker? Like That'd be a great bumper sticker. It would be. Right? It's a marriage bumper sticker. We're going to be talking about that expression, like Tony says, when you feel like your spouse doesn't love you. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity for us to share with the one family what you're doing in your marriages, where you're taking action, where you're experiencing difference and growth. And this hug actually came in from an email we received that started with, you recently read a hug that my husband sent in about our marriage. We've been married 34 years and struggling through many of those years. And just as a side note, it's very rare Mm -hmm. that we get like a husband-wife thing going on, which is why I had to share this one. She says, now because of your podcasts and a significant amount of prayer, our relationship has regrown so beautifully. He brought me to Magigori on a pilgrimage for my birthday. So Mm. I wanted to do something wonderful for him in return. I literally just received an email from AAA wondering how my plans were going on my own. My plan had been to celebrate his 60th with a vacation in the spring. I'm not kidding. Well, my husband sent me the link about the Six Pillars in Paradise marriage getaway this morning, and I was absolutely shocked because I had been investigating on my own to get a vacation for the two of us in March or April to Cancun or the Bahamas or Bermuda or something like that. So I hope we'll be headed to Cancun with you. Mm. I wanted to let you know that he is a huge fan of yours and continuously forwards your podcast to me for me to listen to. To be honest, it drives me crazy that he does it, (laughs) but I listen. And our marriage has been healing after a lot of turmoil and patience. I believe that God has put you in our lives. So thank you for taking the time to reach out and help people so very well. Mm, I love it. I, I just, I love all of those different pieces, like AAA is reaching out and then he's forwarding about the Six Pillars in Paradise marriage getaway and mm-hmm. she had already planned on maybe Cancun in the spring. So it's just this beautiful, um, beautiful restoration story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be, it's going to be awesome, like to see what happens mm-hmm. as they step into that 35th year of marriage. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it, it's amazing. It doesn't matter if you've been married six months or 35 plus years, when you come to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, no matter what we're talking about, no matter how we present it, you can get insights for your marriage where you are in the season or the year of marriage you're in. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share that right now because I know I've been getting some emails and messages recently of like, well, you and Elisa, because we'll talk about, you know, we're almost empty nesters. And well, you and Elisa are in this stage of life. And then so I'll have the empty nesters go, well, we don't have that issue. And then I'll, I'll hear from those that have children who go, well, 
I have two or three children at home still. What we're talking about applies to all of you. You just have to find those nuggets uh-huh. and pull them out. Hear the message. Don't worry about where Tony and Elisa are because believe me, we've been there with the with the youngins and we're we're entering the next stage. And so use what we're sharing for your marriage. Put it in play for your marriage. And I want to say too, for those of you that are brand new to the One Extraordinary Marriage So first of all, welcome. Yeah, thank absolutely. you. Love um, having you. But if you are in a different season of marriage, we started this podcast when our children were four and seven. Mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to the episodes in 2010, give us a little grace because we had... <laughs> brand new podcasters. But if you go back and listen to those shows, you will hear us talk, especially if you're little kids, about the challenges Oh yeah, in that season of life. We, guys, we've been podcasting 13 and a half years. Yeah. It's been a thing. And the topic that we're talking about today, you know, this idea that, that you don't love me, if you don't know, like I've heard this and I know I've said it myself and maybe you've even found yourself thinking or saying out loud something to the effect of, if you loved me, mm. You would know what I wanted. I wouldn't have to tell you. And, and I can't tell you, like besides the times that I've thought about it in my own head, how many times that statement has come out in coaching sessions over the last 10 years. There's, there's this assumption, unwritten rule, I don't know what it is specifically, that loving someone is the equivalent of being a mind reader and knowing at all times what's important to them. And I don't know where, like, like even as I was, I was prepping the notes and that thought came to mind, I'm like, that's what it is for a lot of people. There, there's this, uh, this innate sense that if you really love me, I shouldn't have to communicate to you about like what I want in any given circumstance or what I need or what that looks like. And this is a really dangerous thought pattern or statement, especially if it's said out loud, it's really dangerous for your marriage. It can do incredible damage. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you know why. And the fact of the matter is, is that, and this may burst the bubble for some of you, and I'm going to tell you, this also is applicable to Tony, your spouse is not a mind reader, right? We've had this conversation mm-hmm. many, many times in our marriage as well. So when you say, well, if you loved me, you would know what I want, you're setting them up to feel like a failure because they do love you. But they don't know what you want. They, there, there's some disconnect there that they can't seem to bridge. And that phrase, if you loved me, gets really dangerous because what is spoken mm-hmm. has power. The words that you speak, we did an episode, I think it's 633, yep. uh, called The Words You Speak, where we talked about this. And I, I've, I found myself actually repeating that phrase to a handful of clients this week. And, and that's how I knew it was going to make it into this episode. But the words that you speak aren't just meaningless little, meaningless little letters that you throw together and you're just like, I'm just going to put these letters together and no problem. No, you release those. And I talk about this in Six Pillars of Intimacy in the book. When you put those words out there, they impact both the hearer and the speaker. Yep. And so you start getting into this place where that phrase, if you really loved me, if you really knew me, whatever that, that crux of that phrase is, that starts eroding the fabric of your marriage because then your spouse is like, well, maybe I don't love you. Here's, a, here's another thing though too. Those words don't have to be spoken to impact you. You could be saying it to yourself. Well, if my spouse loved me, they would know. 
and you're just saying that over and over in your mind, what are you planting? What's the seeds of doubt that you're planting in your own mind, body, and spirit? We must take captive the words we speak to our spouse and to ourselves. Because I have found over this year of doing my I am statements, the words I speak to myself have a lot of power. Mm. And so if you're speaking that word, like if you loved me in your mind when your spouse doesn't do something, then it's time to go, hold on. What am I saying here? Because we even do it in our own marriage. Oh, sure. I was I was going to share like this week alone. Our, our, can our, can our, I just our, say, I always love this because mm-hmm. I prep all the notes. And so I never know when you're going to like jump in with your own color commentary. And so this is always like a bit of anticipation for me. Like what story is Tony going to drop now? Cause I don't tell her the stories. Um, I have been feeling that our sexual intimacy has hit, hit a bit of a, a rut. Now let me, let me preface this. Our sexual intimacy, sexual intercourse, the time we spend together, the foreplay, all of it flipping amazing. Like couldn't have been, I couldn't have dreamed this at year one of marriage to be doing it at year 26. And yet almost 27, almost 27. It's, it's become a little routine, a little like, Hey, I'm jumping into bed. Elisa's going to undress. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why isn't Elisa changing things up? Like she needs to change some things up. I'm trying to do some things here. And so this week she, she hit me up and she said, Hey, I didn't make the bed this morning. And she makes a bed every day, knowing that. Oh my she, gosh, that just got documented in a podcast. I well, recently, as of recent, she makes a bed every day because she likes it to be done. So I knew with what she was saying in terms of, oh, the bed's not made, meaning we're going to have sex. She's initiating. This is a way that she has come to share that she's initiating. And I'm like, okay. And in my mind, I'm going, gosh, it'd be nice if we did something different. And I'm just saying this to myself and I'm thinking, oh, Elisa should know this. Exactly what we're talking about right now today. This was going on this earlier was like two days this ago. week. Yes. I'm, I'm like, if she, she, she knows, like, let's change it up. And I real, I caught myself going, she doesn't know. I haven't expressed this to her. I haven't let her know that, hey, why don't we try something different? Like, let's, you initiated there. Let, let's, let's do something different in the foreplay area. And so I was like, hey, what about we do this, this, and this? Or, or one of these, just to change it up. But I had to get it out to her because I was falling prey to this as well. That, well, she should just know. Well, and in my own defense, I totally thought I had changed things up by just dropping him that little one-liner in terms of initiating and being like, hey, to make the bed, right? And so if he hadn't sent me those other messages saying, this is what I would like, I wouldn't have known. And he would have come, you know, he would have come into the bedroom. We would have had sex. Like that part all would have been great. But that part at the beginning, the anticipation, that type of thing would have started getting him into this place of going, why doesn't she know? Mm-hmm. And that's why this is it, this this episode itself is pro, so profound for for myself is that I have to be reminded as well to strengthen our emotional intimacy to strengthen that closeness and connection I have to speak I have to share and so having done that it ended up turning out amazing that foreplay section we changed it up a not a ton but enough where it was like oh there's some excitement again here mm-hmm. where before it just felt like it was mundane the same thing we were doing 
Yeah. And that's, and that's what we're talking about, right? Like, you know, this place where we can get into our head talk, we can get into this place of, of feeling really negative. And I will say this, Tony and I are not the only two people um, in the one family who have experienced this. Like, if you loved me, you should know what I want. Because we asked the question last week on Instagram and said, you know, how many of you have you ever expected your spouse to just read your mind and know what you wanted or needed without saying a word? And overwhelmingly, 92% of you said yes. That has happened to me. That's a really, really high percentage. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. 92%. That's a lot of you. And a few of you went so far as to say that this has happened in all of the different, you've had this experience in all of the different pillars. But very specifically, there were three out of the six pillars of intimacy when we said, hey, where does this happen most often? Okay. And it was emotional, physical, and sexual intimacy is where this seems to be the tripping point of, mm-hmm. if you loved me, you would know what I want. If you loved me, you would know I want a conversation. If you love me, you know that I want to be touched right now. If you love me, you know, this is like you were just saying, this is what I want to do sexually. And quick side note, for those of you that aren't familiar with the six pillars of intimacy and just kind of got a little whiplash going, what the heck is she talking about? There are six pillars of intimacy in marriage and they are emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, and sexual. Mm -hmm. And so what, what the one family is saying is that the emotional, physical, and sexual, that's where people are really getting tripped up in this, these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, we got to take those thoughts captive and go, what is going on here? Because when there's a disconnect in that, you can get into this place where you're experiencing situations of disappointment, Mm -hmm. tension. I can say the disappointment, tension too, because I'm sort of like, hey, Lisa, like, you know this, like, change it up, honey, and not not happening. So then I get a a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. Resentment starts to set in. That's usually where I go. Uh, Resentment's a big one of me. Uh, Annoyance. Irritation. And I know some of you right now are like, check, check, check. Yeah, you can have multiples of oh, these. Yeah. I, I, in my head, I'm checking some of these off as well. Yeah. Distance between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Unnecessary arguments. Unmet expectations. You feel neglected. Mm. You withdraw. And truth be told, none of those are like a really great recipe to have an extraordinary marriage. They're just not. Especially, <laughs> and here's like especially when you can do something about it. And I just want you to, to, Mm. like, you can do something about that phrase being uttered and the the disconnect or the lack of clarity on the other side. If you loved me, you would know I want X, Y, Z. You don't have to stay stuck in this place. Right, just like what Tony did the other day, you can learn to communicate that. You can step into a place where the two of you are sharing your thoughts around this and break that script that says, I don't know that my spouse loves me and instead turn it into a place where I love my spouse so much that this is how I'm going to communicate with them. And we wanna talk about how the two of you can do that after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back. And we're talking about what to do when, when your spouse isn't reading your mind and you're in that place of thinking, do they or don't they? I kind of feel like this is the old, you know, like when you were five and, you know, you had a little crush and, you know, it's like, do they love me? Don't they love me? You know, that whole kind of thing. You're pulling off flower petals and just hoping it lands. <laughs> that, that's kind of what it feels wow. like. I remember doing that back in the day. I know. I don't even know if kids do that now. Yeah. It's kind of a funny know. thought. But getting into this place of saying, okay, what do I do? How do I really come against that thought? And, you know, a few of you were very candid in what you've done and what that looks like. And you said, you know, you've got to use your voice. Um, Some people talked about having conversations on a walk and talk. Yeah. Right. Getting out of your regular environment and going, you know, to a park, to a beach, you know, wherever in your neighborhood, wherever it might be. And just having a conversation side by side walking. And sometimes I think with the walk and talk, and I, I want to just share with this, scheduling that. Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's twice a month, whatever it is. I find that if we have that regularly scheduled, that way it's not only in those times when we come to a place of like, you don't love me, so I need to get all this out because it's just been swirling in my head. Now we're going for a walk and talk. <laughs> it becomes a, a it becomes an interesting thing because if that's the only time you go on that walk and talk most likely your spouse is just going to be like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Again, walk and talk could be a drive and dive. We've had couples do... Sip and sit. Sip and sit. I mean, you can do whatever that is for you. And yet making sure that it is a regular occurrence mm-hmm. on your calendar makes it for the free flow of information. I've even found it for Elise and I, we, we sort of stopped doing our walk-in talks like regularly, they're sort of sporadic and we got back into that rhythm again of doing it at least once a week, if not twice. And I find that we're able to to have those conversations. They, they flow much, much better in my opinion. Absolutely. Because what you do consistently mm-hmm. contributes to the success of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, because <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you guys aren't having regular conversations, be it a walk and talk, another tool that a lot of you talked about was the coffee break, right? That that weekly marriage meeting where you're sitting down and going, hey, we're not just talking about the logistics, we're talking about how we're doing and it's structured and you're doing it. Like I have coaching clients, they do it every, I think it's Tuesday morning and usually they have their coffee break and then we have a coaching session right after. So it's good to you know bring that all together. Can I share something real quick around the coffee break? Sure. We, we've had a marriage guide around the coffee break. We still have it. I don't know if when this is released, but very shortly after, or by the time this episode is released, we are going to have our six pillars of intimacy monthly planner. It's going to be hardcover. It's going to be available on Amazon. If you just search the six pillars of intimacy, you'll see it part of the series The the coffee break is now embedded in that, but we've set up this planner. So that way you can be looking at your six pillars. You can be looking at your marriage from a weekly by monthly, whatever way you want to do it, Mm -hmm. but you're in it. And that coffee break is right there embedded. It's, it's beautiful. Elise and I uh, put that together. Our team did an amazing job. So I just wanted to share that Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of you have wanted to do a coffee break. Maybe you've picked up the, the marriage guide that we have, but now we've just put more around it 
to strengthen you and mm. your marriage. Absolutely. You know, it, it's having those regular conversations because even as I was, you know, talking about that couple, you know, if you don't have a regular time to talk and you know, you're going to be able to talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. then what do you do? You bury it. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, this isn't a good time. It's too late. We've got kids. This is happening. We've got a business meeting to get to. And you're like, when do I talk about the stuff? that I need you to know. Mm-hmm. How do I talk about my feelings with you? And, and some of you actually just need to get the emotion wheel and, and start pulling that bad boy out. Like I told mm-hmm. coaching clients yesterday, I'm like, where's your emotion wheel? You keep using the same word over and over again. And it, it just sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. It does. If you use the same word over and over again, it, it, you, it loses its meaning. Yeah, and I'm going to put a link here in the episode notes for any of you who want to pick that up. So many of you have, and you've shared how it has helped you. If you haven't yet, Go grab it. They're they're not expensive. I mean, you can find you can find them for ten dollars or less. Yeah, really. And I mean, you can even find pocket ones if you want to just have something to carry around. If you want something that's bigger, they have those too. Grab it. It's helpful. Yeah, my forty nine year old eyes can't handle the tiny little ones because I'm like, what does that word say? What does that word say? But you know, we're saying all this, and that's not to say that some of your behavior or some of your desires and wants can't become predictive over time. You know, Mm -hmm. case in point, if we're going to go somewhere in the evening, it doesn't matter if we're in San Diego or even if we're in Mexico, like on the six, I will always have a jacket. So Tony will ask me, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're ready to leave. You want to grab a jacket? Are you going to need a coat? It's going to be cool. Like here's a guy that is almost always, you know, when we're out, especially, you know, San Diego in the summer, Mexico in April, like he's in shorts and and t-shirt. I could be in jeans and a long sleeve shirt walking out the door at the exact same time. He knows to ask, right? It's one of those things. Now, sometimes I'm like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Usually I'm like, yeah, I've already got my bag packed, (laughs) you know, that type of thing. But getting into this place of what does it look like to break those thoughts? Like if you find yourself having the thought, if you loved me, you would know that. I want to encourage you this week to actually put a hard pause Mm -hmm. and look at your spouse and say, you might not know. That in this kind of situation, I'd really love it if you would, and then fill in the blank. When you find, like that phrase, if you really loved me, you would know, that is your internal warning sign that you need to communicate something to your spouse because there's a disconnect in the emotional intimacy between the two of you. And this isn't a one and done. I I want this to be known as well. There are many a times... (laughs) The, hey, Elisa having a jacket, all that sort of stuff, or even around our sexual intimacy or, or other areas of our marriage, sometimes these things need to be repeated and it's, it's okay because it may fall on your spouse at a time when they are stressed out. Mm. There's, there's something else going on. Their mind is busy on something else. They're not feeling a hundred percent. And so it is okay for us to be able to go, hey, this or that, like I do like and enjoy this, you know, so that we don't fall prey to it's a one and done. I told my spouse. Mm, That's a good point. And we're, we're done. I mean, think about it yourself. Like how many times you may have to read over something or hear something to, for it to fully sink in, for it to be a part of like your daily life. It becomes a habit. Like the reason habits become habits is because you do it daily. It's something that is happening on again and again and again. And Mm -hmm. you know, you tell your spouse once and then you walk away and think it's always going to be good. 
that may not be the case. Right. And so, yes, there is the other side where it feels like you've told them 10,000 times. And in that case, it may be that there, there are other things that are missing here. And you may need to get some marriage coaching. You may need to get to a counselor or a therapist. You may need to get a third party in there to dissect some other things to get some clarity going on. But for the most part, I would say even for Elisa and I, when things of like, you don't love me and that, that those thoughts are going through our head and then we share it, I would say it happens more than just once. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just want to say, if you're on the receiving end of that information, there's a reason your spouse is telling you. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, like, start quite, question it in the sense of what do I need to know about my spouse in this time? Don't question it and like, well, why are you telling me that? Or that, you know, don't be abrasive, right? But even if it doesn't make sense to you, learn more about your spouse in that moment when they're asking you to do something, figure out a way to make a note of it, to be able to take action on it, to use that information as a bridge to deeper connection between the two of you. They're telling you for a reason. They're telling you because neither one of you really want to experience all those negative emotions and all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So if there is a way for the two of you to use your words, to use your voice, to be in that place of saying, okay, they've told me this. What can I do now Mm -hmm. to take action on it? Yeah. You know, as, as we look at this, if you get to a place where you're going you don't love me. And this is starting to swirl around in your mind, or you're saying that to your spouse. I want you to think about what are the expectations? And and also just real quick, I, I want you to just go, my spouse isn't a mind reader. That that's really when you when you're saying that statement or a statement around it, it's being reminded, all of us being reminded that our spouse is not a mind reader. They cannot read our mind. They do not know what we are thinking in this very instance or an instance that's going to come up in the future or one that has happened in the past. And so it is our ability at that point in time to be able to go, hold on, they cannot read my mind. I'm going to have to voice this. I'm going to have to express this. I'm going to have to share this with them so that they understand what I'm feeling, the emotion I have, what my expectations are, what we can do. And if you do that this week, I think we're going to have a, a, a twist, not a twist, a, a change. It, it's going to be a shift where it starts going like, instead of just pointing fingers, it's more, what can I do to express this, to share this with my, with my spouse, which then decreases the tension and the aggravation we have towards them. So with that, go after it, go after it this week, take those thoughts captive, use those thoughts though to share with your spouse what's really going on. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week. We'll catch you next week. Love you guys.